Welcome to What We Give, a podcast that highlights the remarkable ways that people are contributing to their community. I'm John McKay, the MP for Scarborough Guildwood. Today, I'm sitting down with Jeannie Agaropoulos, CEO of the Scarborough Center for Healthy Communities. I've known Jeannie for many years and was pleased to learn more about how her organization is working with community partners to help finish the fight against COVID-19. Here's my conversation with Jeannie. Where were you born? So I was born uh, in Toronto, uh, born and raised from uh, Greek immigrant parents. So first generation uh, Greek. And uh, we lived in East York for about seven years. And I've been li- lived in Scarborough and grew up and went to school in Scarborough subsequent to that. Well, there you are. You, you know, there are two kinds of people in this world, people who are born in Scarborough and people who are not. And, uh, and of course, the people who are not are quite jealous. But I'm glad to see that um, you had the insight to move to Scarborough and and, and live here. Uh, so uh, uh, tell me a bit about your parents. How did they uh, come to come to Canada? Yeah, so I think it's a, a, a traditional uh, newcomer story. They, uh, my mother was sent here first by her family. She had her siblings that were here, and you know her parents wanted to give her more opportunities, and so they uh, sent her to follow her brother and sister, and she came to Canada. And a couple years later, um, my uh, father uh, came for a similar sort of reasons, looking for a better opportunity, and uh, they met, and the rest is history. Got married shortly thereafter, and. Uh, you know, had uh, two kids and um, wanted to kind of move into a community like Scarborough where they they could safely, happily, inclusively kind of raise their family at that time. So my, so, my mom's... Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, did, did they move into one of those classic Scarborough bungalows and you walk down the street and you say to yourself, how do these people keep this place looking so neat? The flowers are so rich. The vegetable garden is in the back, is full of that. Is that that kind of family you were raised in? A hundred percent, John. We're, we're not far away from our Mid-Scarborough hub location at Burnley and Eglinton. My mother's roses were esteemed at the front and my dad's vegetable garden rivaled uh, the farmers in the area. So uh, no, that was a hundred percent. The lawn was always perfect. Yeah, it was it. Yeah, I, I walk past those places. And I'm I'm intensely jealous. I know. How in heaven's name do these people do this stuff? Because my lawn is always full of weeds. My garden, well, it's kind of a hit and miss. And uh, and I, I'm, as I say, I'm intensely jealous, particularly of the vegetables. And my father was a, a market gardener, so I'm I am the family embarrassment, uh, the, given the uh, the state of our garden. So, so you were raised in Scarborough. Where did you go to school? I went to uh, Knob Hill Public School and then later on to uh, what was John McRae um, Middle School and uh, Thompson. I'm a graduate of David and Mary Thompson when it was uh, at Brimley and uh, Lawrence there in between Midlands. So uh, Thompson's, Thompson's a, fa- a famous name in Scarborough. Yeah. Um, some of the original settlers are Thompson. And in fact, Thompson Park was uh, donated by the Thompson family uh, to uh, to Scarborough. And, and it's, it's really it's a treasure and a, a gem in, in, in the middle of Scarborough. Yes. Uh, yes. So where did you go after uh, Thompson Collegiate? And of course, Laurier and uh, Laurier beat you in basketball every every year. I have to say, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my uh, brother was on the team. He might take offense to that, but uh, you're, you're right. Uh, so after that, I went to uh, University of Toronto. Uh, I was uh, at the downtown campus and uh, uh, pursued sort of just a very general degree and. Um, 
psychology and, and sociology with a little bit of political science uh, in there for variety and uh, uh, then ended up uh, falling into healthcare uh, a little bit by accident, a little bit on purpose, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you went to the downtown campus because you couldn't get into UTSC. Is that the, was that the, the issue? Yeah. I was Just, a, little bit, a little bit of a rebel, wanted to get a little bit further away from my, my parents for a few hours of the day, yeah. coming from a traditional Greek family. <laughs> I, I uh, The only reason I went to Queens for law was that I didn't want to live at home anymore. <laughs> I understand it. I understand completely. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, uh, you be interested to know that UTSC has had the top undergraduate scholar in the entire U of T system in the last seven of the last 10 years. So look at the, you, you missed going to the elite institution of Scarborough or of the University of Toronto. So anyway, fun fact, there we are. So you, you uh, graduate, you fall into healthcare and, and uh, your first job is with the Scarborough Hospital. Is that correct? That, that is correct. Back in the day when it was Scarborough General Hospital and uh, I stayed through uh, the merger to the Grace. I worked there for uh, 21 years before I left the, the hospital and came into the community. So of uh, a long history of healthcare, but I really wanted to stay uh, working and, and supporting the Scarborough community. So when you transitioned over to uh, Scarborough Healthy Communities, was that when it was at Galloway Road or did it... Uh, no, a little bit later, but we were at um, uh, Eglinton and uh, Kingston or Eglinton and, and Markham Road. So uh, right. they'd grown a little bit at that point uh, and it started to expand a few of the sites that they had. But that was back yeah, in 2009, 10, when I came out to work at uh, what was then called West Hill Community Services. So. Right, right. That's uh, that, yeah, I'm glad you refreshed me on that because that's how I originally knew it as West Hill Community Services, of course, because of of um, Bob Lopson, my friend of good ours, buddy. Yes. yes, yes, mutual friend of ours um, and great mentor, and sadly missed. So, uh, where is, where's your location now? So, our our main office, which I'm not a huge fan of that terminology, is at uh, Markham and Lawrence. Uh, However, we've got uh, 11 sites uh, throughout Scarborough uh, and really do reach um, uh, across uh, the geography there, including uh, Burnley and Eglinton. Um, We have a new location that we've opened up at Ellesmere and uh, uh, Birchmount area. We've uh, got... um, programs within uh, uh, housing uh, uh, along uh, Lawrence there. A lot of folks um, know us um, for the food bank that's at 4100 uh, Lawrence Avenue, which is um, great that we're there. Unfortunate that there's such a need and, and we're well known for the work that we're doing out of those locations. Um, uh, so those are a handful of the sites. I, that I, we're currently I'm going to assume that most uh, people listening to us chatting here would uh, don't really know what Scarborough Center for Healthy Communities is or does. So in the uh, in the cheap elevator pitch, uh, what I- what is it? 
Now, what don't we do is what I like to say. I used to say we're Scarborough's best kept secret. I think that's changing a little bit uh, now, but uh, we do everything from social and community supports, um, primary care, end of life services, like our hospice palliative care bereavement program. Uh, we provide uh, diabetes education. We have early on in a lot of youth programming. So prenatal, like, you know, end of life, uh, right down to end of life. So we, we dabble in a, a lot. Um, really proud of the work that we do in terms of social support and social services. So things like our food bank, uh, clothing, furniture banks, um, we do housing prevention. Uh, we also have assisted living and PSWs who help support uh, our residents, in particular seniors, live independently in their home for longer periods of time for as long as they can. We have adult day programming for seniors as well, meals on wheels, transportation services. Um, so we really are involved in um, a lot of work and and more and more so as well, supporting mental health and addiction programming as well for Scarborough residents. Well, that, that, uh, for an elevator pitch, we need a lot of uh, floors on the building. We're going up or down. My goodness, those are, those are a lot of services. And how do you fit into the Scarborough Health Network? So we're a good partner, strong partner with the Scarborough Health Network. Um, we're also a member and a partner of the uh, Scarborough Ontario Health Team, but we have a lot of shared programming that we do together. So, um, you know, I mentioned a number of them with regards to hospice palliative care, uh, uh, supports in terms of even access to primary care, diabetes education, um, a lot of programming. And most recently um, have definitely expanded that partnership work in the response to the pandemic. Uh, and so uh, the vaccination uh, clinic that we host is in partnership as well with Scarborough Health Network. So some, some ex examples, it would be a very long list as well, but we yeah. work very closely together to make sure that folks, first of all, don't have to access hospital services, but when they do and they're ready to come back out, that they have the appropriate supports uh, to do so. Yeah, I want to get uh, into the element of um, the response to the pandemic, but I want to, first of all, get into the element of how uh, your operation was affected, uh, you know, March of last year when uh, when uh, it became, you know, a real lockdown of uh, and I assume affected your your operation, your services quite dramatically. So could you describe that to me? Yeah, it was really um, uh, pivotal. So uh, I have to say I'm so impressed and proud by the staff who really started to innovate in terms of ways to connect because like so many others, we weren't able to do a lot of what we normally would do in person because of the restrictions that were imposed for the uh, health and wellness of the community. And, however, we couldn't just close our doors, so to speak, and say we're not going to offer these services. We needed to find ways to still stay connected. You know, things like the, the food bank, um, you know, typically you have hundreds of people going through that food bank on a, on a daily basis. And so finding safe ways to still be able to provide those services, to provide more um, delivery models, sort of get, taking the food to people. We did a lot virtually, and, and so the paradigm, too, even with our seniors that you know, they can't use technology and virtual programming won't work, uh, was definitely challenged. And we, we were really, really impressed not only by what our staff were able to come up with, but the uh, uptake from uh, a lot of our community, and in particular the seniors who do some of that programming, because we made you know, we, we do so much work in supporting our seniors to stay active, and so did things like interactive bingo online, yoga classes 
classes online, um, health promotion education classes online, and then also made sure that we were able to provide those services that still required people to be in person, um, that they were maintained and, and we had the appropriate supplies and, and PPE to uh, make sure that that was done safely. Um, as I as Meals on Wheels continued, like we needed to continue almost every service that we had. Uh, and in some ways we had to reinvent and do it differently. We were challenged because our organization is blessed with the support of so many volunteers. It really does require volunteers to have to support programs. How many, how many volunteers would you have at any given time? Um, you, typically at 600 volunteers a year. Um, 600 uh, volunteers? 600 volunteers. Oh, wow. And the hardest part for us was to be able to have to say to the volunteers that they couldn't come in and support the work. Um, and uh, that was really, really challenging for us and for a lot of the volunteers who really depended on, on uh, the support and interaction that they were having with the community. So last year, uh, we still managed to work with 130 volunteers, but COVID definitely really, really impacted that. that uh, our and, how, and, and how many staff are you running in at EM time? Uh, we're at now at about 250 staff that support the organization. 250, 250 staff, 600 volunteers. That's getting to be a serious operation. <laughs> it's a very serious operation. And how many people would you service over the course of a year? Uh, over 14,000 was sort of uh, last year what we would service. So. Uh, is that a tip? Is that a typical year? It steadily grows year over year, um, partly because our services grow, but also as we're seeing needs and uh, shift and grow in Scarborough as well. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I did want to talk to you about um, uh, the Scarborough Health Network and your interaction with Scarborough Health Network. And and you and I sit in on some Zoom calls from time to time uh, with um, and. Um, or Liz Buller, <laughs> I want to call her Ann Buller. Uh, Liz Buller, um, how, how do you have two female CEOs with the same last name? It escapes me altogether, but uh, it is what it is. So Liz Buller um, at Scarborough Health Network. And um, the first part of the story was not a very pleasant part of the story because um, a lot of Scarborough residents were getting COVID. A lot of Scarborough residents were dying. Um, they were dying in situations that... Uh, superficially to somebody from the outside like myself appeared to be preventable deaths and preventable sicknesses. Um, and I thought that the uh, community health services writ large um, really started to pick up their game. But um, from your perspective, what was your, your reaction over the last 14 months on how the Scarborough Health Network has worked? Oh, I, I have to say, uh, I'll declare my bias because I worked there for so many years and, and still uh, interact with some folks that I, from when I worked there. But um, I, I key to how well Scarborough has responded has been the Scarborough Health Network uh, because we've come together and they, they very um, openly and honestly and you know, authentically reached out and embraced what community organizations had to offer and the experience that we could bring. So obviously the hospital has a lot more resources than many of our organizations do, um, but we bring a lot of experience and knowledge of the local community. 
And so being able to come together, being invited and included from the get-go on the tables uh, and decision-making tables that would help influence how we responded to COVID in Scarborough was really very critical. So, you know, I'd get the calls from Liz on a Friday, Saturday saying, you know, can you join on and, and, and participate in this table, that table, this meeting? And we really need the input and experiences that uh, uh, SCHC and you can bring. And that was very, very welcomed um, and not always typical of what a hospital community relationship is. Often, you know, the hospitals um, tend to have the resource and expertise and, and may not always uh, respect the experience uh, that their community partners can bring. And I think because uh, the, of SHN's openness uh, to be able to do that and include myself and, and many others around the table, and we'd already started working as a, an OHT and Ontario Health Team, even though we weren't um, officially approved at that time, we were able to leverage those relationships and that experience to really, I think, come together and um, help, you know, mitigate the terrible impact that we were seeing and are still seeing in Scarborough. Right, right. Yeah, I, I uh, that was my observation as well, that, um, you know, the day-to-day on the ground stuff was David Betris, but um, the, um, you know, the overall strategic direction was, um, was Liz Buller. And um, along with uh, Dr. Lawrence, and um, uh, and my observation, uh, albeit uh, imperfect and uh, from afar, was that Scarborough Health Network did pick up its game. Um, that um, they weren't just paying lip service to um, the community partners. That you know you have to listen to them, and then they can teeter out of here and. Uh, go off and do whatever it is they do. Um, uh, I, um, I think that, uh, I think, and that to the, to my mind was to the benefit of, of the people of Scarborough was my sense of it. Um, is that, is that a correct observation or? A hundred percent, John. I, I echo everything you said. It really, really was. It, it is what helped make a, a difference in terms of what could have been um, a terrible situation, even much more worse. Right. And, you know, it it came down to things like vaccine distribution. um, Scarborough Health Network was kind of getting the same per capita share as as um, very affluent communities or very affluent health networks. Their rate of infection was quite dramatically lower than Scarborough's. And yet they were getting the same number of vaccines. And that seemed to be lunacy to me. You know, why would you take a, well, as I said to the prime minister, why would you take a, a fire hose to the where the, the fire is not? Um, so I, I like to think, actually, that the politicians made po- positive contributions at all levels as well there. Uh, I can only speak to the federal um, ones, but the Scarborough caucus was unanimous. In, in its view that as vaccines became available, there need to be a, a more equitable distribution. By equitable, we meant go where the virus is. Right. <laughs> don't don't, don't right. hand out the doses to where the virus is not. And uh, right. so I thought that uh, the second wave and the third wave were handled much, much better. So, yeah, it's kind of... Nice example of uh, people learning lessons on the fly and and working forward. So um, we're getting close to the uh, to the end here. Um, I um, I'm always amazed that 
people um, involve themselves in community endeavors um, and literally spend either spend a lifetime doing what it is they do. So why do you do what you do? Oh, it's a hard question and an easy question. I and mean, the simple answer is I absolutely love what I do. And, and working at uh, Scarborough Center for Other Communities, the impact that we have that you could see uh, it, it's so immediate in terms of the response is uh, the, the most rewarding uh, piece. Having grown up and worked in Scarborough my whole life, uh, being able to really give back and contribute and, you know, hope that I help make a small distance difference in the lives of so many folks and leading the team that I do and, and really advocating to bring more and more resources to Scarborough. I, and I think you you know and appreciate, John, how we have not had our fair share of resources over the years and COVID really highlighted the inequity that was there, as you mentioned, you know, everything from uh, the vaccine rollout to, uh, you know, how we um, provide other services. So, I really do what I do because of the people of Scarborough and um, seeing the community that comes together regardless, big or small, um, to really advocate, support, uh, the, the gratitude, the appreciation, but also the leadership. You know, our folks in Scarborough don't just sit back and wait for things to be handed to them. People in Scarborough are, are actively involved. We have so many um, community ambassadors right now that are really, you know, out there promoting the health and wellness of their neighbors, supporting each other as they come together. You know, as I mentioned, 600 volunteers support the work that we do on yeah. a regular basis. I don't know of a lot of communities where that might be the case. Uh, I, I think Scarborough takes the cake in that, and um, uh, that's part of what really motivates me day in, day out to come in and do what I do. Yeah, that is a, that is a very encouraging thing. to. In effect, you have 600 validations uh, for the work that you do. Um, and, of course, those 600 validations are multiplied by the, the families that they represent. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it, is, uh, it is good to see people doing those things. I see that um, you picked up a $100,000 grant, so your advocacy must be, uh, must be really working. What was that, what was that for? Uh, is that the accessibility grant that you're referring to? That's right. To? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just, again, just to improve on some of the states of our, of our buildings and locations. Uh, uh, some of them are a little bit older and, and really need, again, given that we deal with a lot of uh, seniors, um, enhancements to make them uh, easier to access uh, and safer for our community. So we're really honored to be able to get that uh, those dollars to be able to support uh, um, those changes that we don't get funded for otherwise right we either need grants or donations to do that work mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's really great to see that recognition come in so we can help people well i know a hundred thousand bucks is not huge but it is a bit of a tangible representation of the appreciation that uh, that uh, you are held in um but i dare say that um, why you do what you do um, you have six hundred thousand validations and behind all those six hundred thousand or six hundred uh, validations is um, uh, actual real people with real needs that you are really helping and um, you are making our community uh, community so much better. So thank you, Jeannie. Um, it's very kind of you to come on and um, and uh, we we do appreciate it and we don't say it enough. So thanks. 
Well, well, thank you for the opportunity to come and chat and uh, also for the ongoing support. Really appreciate it. you've been a strong leader in Scarborough, as we say, for many, many years, maybe more years <laughs> than either one of us wants to remember, but yeah, yeah, well, well worth it, well worth it, right? So yeah, <laughs> thanks yeah. so much. Many, many centuries, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, thanks again, Jeannie. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to What We Give. I'm John McCabe. This podcast was produced with support from Leila Sharif, Janice Salas, and Amanda Capito. If you want to watch my full interviews with community leaders, subscribe to my YouTube channel at Honorable John McKay, PC MP.